Welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey, everybody, Doug Addison here. Welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. Well, this is a webcast version, actually, and we're doing a video, and you can see I have my good friend here with me. This is Steve Shogren. I've known Steve for a number of years. He's been a mentor of mine. Steve has kindness.com, and maybe you've heard about kindness outreach or servant evangelism. Steve and his wife, Janie, are actually the father and mother of that movement, amazing movement that has impacted the entire world using the acts of kindness and giving away stuff for free to show the love of God, no strings attached, really. And Steve actually has been part of the vineyard movement, grew one of the, the larger or maybe largest vineyard churches way back. And that's when we planted our first church in Ohio back in 1998. We went to a, a Steve Shogren conference and I fashioned myself as a speaker after Steve Shogers. He's so funny. And there was a lot of stuff going on back then. He's also been mentioned as just really one of the forerunners of that kindness movement. And now Steve's in California. Hey, welcome, Steve. How are you doing, man? Thanks, Doug. I'm doing, man. I'm doing good. We're not that far away, but it seems like uh, 150 miles, you know? Yeah, I know. So. I used to see you more when you lived up in, uh, in Oregon. Oregon. Oregon, yeah. And we're Isn't that in Los amazing? Angeles. And then you yeah. move here to the LA area and yeah. um, we've seen each other less. But that's why we have the internet, you know, and it's exactly. to see our kids and each other. Uh, so <laughs> virtual. Yes. All right. Well, you know, just tell us about you and your ministry, whatever you feel okay. like is important right now. Okay. Well, I, you know, um, I had a dilemma that started when I began planting churches, uh, discovered pretty quickly that although I had a, and still gigantically do have a heart for people, a heart to see people come to Christ, that I wasn't seeing any traction. Uh, my first stop after helping plant a large church in the west side of LA was in Oslo, Norway. And uh, that is a tough area when you uh, are an American. Uh, didn't get a whole lot of traction. Then came to Cincinnati a bit later. Had the same problem getting traction, meeting people, and so forth. Well, we said one day, let's try to do something for free just to show people God's love instead of talking, talking, talking. And so we set up a car wash. It was free. Big signs out there. No kidding. Free car wash. And as people pulled in, we would engage them in a little bit of conversation, offer to pray for them, and uh, do a fantastic job washing their car. One of the first guys that pulled in says, uh, wait a second. Are you the kind of Christians who believe in God? We said, yeah, we're that, you know, that very small mind. Yeah, anyway. And uh, so he says, well, let me tell you a story. Last night, my son and I went to the circus. He starts asking me on the way home, uh, is there a God? How can we know that there's creation? I mean, there's got to be a God behind all this. And that the dad who's been in 12-step stuff says, I don't know. There's a higher power. I know, but not I don't know about God. But anyway, the son says, let's take the Mylar balloon we got at the circus. Let's put a little note on it. Dear God. If you're real, send people to us who know you, signed Billy and Dad. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he fixes it to the uh, string. They let it up in the air. Here we are a few hours later, and he goes, are you the kind of Christians who believe in God? I and mean, he took that literally, that whole wow. believe in God. Wow. And wow. Uh, 
So uh, led him to the Lord right there in the spot. Ah. He joins the church and becomes amazing. And uh, so that's like the entry into the whole thing. We had a dilemma. How do you connect, have a heart for people, have a heart to see the power of God show up, not just talking and not just serving, but the power coming through that. And uh, it's been amazing, you know. Yeah. You know, um, you wrote a book. You've written a bunch of books. But one of the ones that impacted me was Conspiracy of Kindness. Yeah. That was the first book. It came out about uh, 20 years ago, actually. And how is that possible? I'm only 29. Like 29 <laughs> but uh, it's been out for a while, but it's sold uh, incredibly well all over the place, over 300,000 copies so far. Wow. And, uh, and and two of the other books that go with it, those three together have uh, sold uh, about half a million altogether. So that's yeah. very encouraging for evangelism stuff to go out like that. Right. And that uh, we're seeing people all over the world open up this stuff. It's, it's been just disturbing. Yeah, you know, the cool thing is, and this is what I love what you say, is is that it's low risk, high grace. So tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that. Well, I, the, the idea is to minimize what can go wrong and to maximize our dependence on God, which is what I'm just using the word grace for that. How much of God do we need for it to be successful? So the idea is to make the risk low and then make the dependence on God high. I call it low risk, high grace. Uh, the opposite of what we often think of evangelism, which is high risk, and uh, maybe God will be there, maybe not. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So it puts a lot of pressure on the individual versus putting the pressure on God. Right. When you exactly. go like this, low risk, high grace, you're saying, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm available. Here I am. I'll, I'll pray. I'll serve, whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, I've known you for a number of years, and I know that – you know, even in the car or even in the drive through at a coffee place, you know, that outreach is your life. And you and Janie, it's just your DNA. It's who you are. So you actually, it's where I kind of got this understanding. You don't really go on an outreach. You are an outreach. And I really love that. <laughs> love that yeah, my, yeah my, my friend Rice Brooks, who has a whole movement of churches, he says, you know, we need to explain Steve, not introduce Steve. Something <laughs> <laughs> like that. But yeah, we... We just have discovered that it's so energizing, so fun, and uh, it, it's a kick to to be uh, able to see an entry point into people's life to go ahead and speak into it. I, I think Robert Schuler said it: "See a need and meet it. Find a hurt and heal it." Wow! And I think that if we have our, our radar on, we're doing the beep 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 beep, you know, radar sonar, uh, you know, MRI, whatever it takes. Uh, we're picking up on it, saying, "God, here I'm available. Here I am, like Moses prayed." And would you use me? And and seriously, Doug, you've been around a lot. You know, we just see wherever we go, just stuff happening all over the place. And uh, and it's really just a matter of of seeing the power of something simple, seeing the power of generosity, as small as it may be. It, it just absolutely is amazingly impacting the people. They they're, they're stunned. They start to cry sometimes. Their mouths yeah. go open. Yeah. You, you would give me a bottle of water to show me God's love in a practical way. <laughs> yeah. Go figure. I was just thinking, I'm thirsty, you know, and boom, that connection happens. Yeah. I remember we were uh, doing this with my church. It wasn't the church I was pastoring. It was years ago. And, and it was in the San Francisco Bay Area. They were actually hostile to the gospel there, you know, and seeker <laughs> hostile. And we were going around giving out light bulbs, you know, and it was the weirdest thing. Like, who gives light bulbs out? I felt awkward. But as we yep. went out, the guy was leaving his house to go get in the car, and we stopped as we're giving away light bulbs to show the love of God. And he's like, you know, everyone else is looking at us. But he goes, you won't believe this. I'm going to buy light bulbs. And <laughs> so the light came on, 
right for him. And sometimes you, know, you get that, and other times people just give you the tilt. Yeah. You know, this funny. Janie, my wife, has had that happen twice. <laughs> the exact thing. I'm on my way to buy bite bulbs. And, uh, I mean, it's amazing. You, you think, God was, had his finger on that guy, you know. Yeah, it's amazing. I remember yeah. way, way back, uh, my life was impacted by kindness. And uh, mm-hmm. when I was six years old, we had a rough time, and my mom was going, we were going through a rough time, put it that way. They just re- repossessed our refrigerator. And my mom, who had never worked, and, and we were sitting there, and no food, and no, and we, we just didn't know what to do. And my mom had us pray. And we prayed, and then suddenly there's a knock at the door, and there's this woman up the street, and, uh, and she was needy herself, and she had two bags of groceries. Mm. And I tell you, God mm. became real at that moment when you pray for mm. something, and the kindness yeah. shows up at the door. Yeah. That's, that is basically what you do way before I've ever experienced it, but you, you bring that yeah. level of stuff, right? Well, you know, one of my favorite verses, Doug, and it's one of those verses where I'd read it over and over again as a believer, but one day it just hits me between the eyes, is Romans 2, 4, the kindness of God leads to repentance, which is, I think, the King James or the New yeah. American Standard. But, you know, if you look at the uh, the message version, this is one of the reasons we need to have ongoing new translations, because the language changes all the yeah. time in America, especially. And uh, he says where the kindness of God leads to, the last part of it, a radical life change. Wow. And, and and I think it happened not just to you as a receiver of kindness, but the person who gives it away, I, I'm convinced they get more of that. You know, I get these chills every time I talk yeah. about this because I, I've seen it happen so many times, Doug, is yeah. uh, just showing up. And, you know, I this is I, I feel like not doing this today. I feel like I should be doing something else. I think I heard my mother calling. Yeah, I mean, everything could go sideways, but you do it and boom. The power of God shows up. It's yeah. amazing. And it does open the door. I mean, I mean, how much rejection can you get with diet or regular, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Cokes. Uh, yeah, drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just so, so fun. Well, why don't you just give us some insight? God speaking to you right now or maybe just something in your story that you could release over us. Yeah. Well, you know. We're seeing people all over the United States open up and say, uh, we are frustrated. We want to do something significant. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to start. And so when we talk about doing something doable. We start experimenting around a little bit with, you know, what could we put together that would really touch uh, this part of the world? And, you know, the funny thing is, Doug, when I go to speak places and our, our team goes out, we have a larger team, about a dozen people. And uh, when we go out almost always, if we fly, going from the airport in, the uh, leaders will tell us, you know, there's no point. We're going to do this just to be good sports. But people are so close in our community. And there's, and they always say there's so much witchcraft. <laughs> and this is like a gay capital of the world. What, what else? Do they, it's amazing. Right down the line, point after point. But, you know, we're glad you're here. We hope something good happens. We and, don't want to do evangelism, uh, but we're glad we brought you, Ed. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be our, our annual, you know, contribution to evangelism cause. But amazingly, every single time, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, no hyperbole here, something amazing happens because they took a little bit of a risk. And, you know, we, we say, well, you know, risk where you are now. You don't have to be the giant, even in, in serving people. Uh, you know, we, we dropped the free car wash, Doug, because the cheerleaders ruined it for everybody. You know, <laughs> right. free car wash for a donation. And so, 
we said, we're going to charge a dollar for a car wash. Put up big signs, dollar car wash, come on in, da, da, da. That seems more believable, we right. found out. So yeah. that people, when we wash their car, do an amazing job. We have fantastic drinks. We have fantastic music, lawn chairs. They go to pay. We go, they go, yeah, can I just give you more than a dollar? Go, oh, no, no. You misunderstand the whole thing. We give you a dollar for showing you God's love. And talk about emotion. People will get tears. They, right. I have a whole tearing system, Doug. You know, I, I have one through ten tears. And uh, the ones are only guys can do it. The testosterone allows you to suck the tears back in. Yeah. So you can, you know, and, and right. you know, and I don't know, but girls are so real. They just go right into the tears coming down a little bit. And, and if it's really a big heavy-duty touch, they start to jump off the eyes. You have to have your glasses off. Yeah. <laughs> Or they get wet. Uh, yeah. It's powerful stuff there. Well, I love that. So you're giving away the dollar. You don't tell them. You put yeah. some kind of value to it. And what you did was you you just lowered that wall down. People have a wall up yeah. these days. Yeah. So you lowered that wall down. You gave them something. And, and the presence of God's there. You know, whether you do anything or not, it's changing their life. I just love that. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's astounding. And again, I go back, Doug, and I'd say that the the greater change happens with the person who's doing the giving, the the pipeline versus the receiver. But uh, the the thing that uh, I, I've always been amazed at is how it can stir up a church. An entire church can be changed by just a very few people beginning to do something very doable. And, and you know, again, the car wash idea, they're saying, I'm so shy, I can't talk to anybody. Well, then do the wheels on the car. We'll do a car wash. <laughs> You just do the wheels all day long, and you know one day you'll get so bold you'll want to do the windshields, and then maybe one day as God works on you you'll be talking to folks. But you know we'll take you right where you are. Go ahead and serve. I do a lot of stuff on my own here. I live in Claremont, which is in the eastern edge of L.A. I scrape gum off the sidewalks. I have a, a scraper thing I found on Amazon, and it, it works well. I have a vest. I, I don't have it on. Thank you very much. But <laughs> it says on the back of it, "Kindness in Progress." Wow. And then it says kindness.com. People stop me all the time. Man, it's really nice for the city to do this. And I go, oh, no, I don't work for the city. I'm just doing it to show God's love. And what? Well, I think that Jesus does stuff like this. Yeah. He cleaned feet. We, we scrape gum. He cleaned feet. Wow. We pick up trash. He cleaned feet. We do, we do toilets even. And I know that's a radical one. I don't want to scare anybody, but, uh, you know, going into a business, you have to have a guy and a girl, or it is two girls, because the guys scare people, especially a big guy like me. <laughs> yeah, you and me together, we would scare them off, I think, Doug, you know. But uh, we're here to clean your toilet, show you God's love. We go back and clean it, and they come in and tell us again, why are you doing this? And you get some amazing, amazing conversations going, uh, including Jimmy Flint, uh, Larry Flint's brother of the uh, Hustler Empire. And uh, the day they opened their, their new store right across the street from City Hall in Cincinnati, Ohio, and they'd been ceremonially very publicly kicked out of town. They made a movie about it even. I mean, sheesh. He comes back. He opens it up across the street from City Hall, just kind of an up yours to the City Hall. And uh, we went down the, the day after they opened, Janie and I, my wife, and we cleaned their toilets so thoroughly. We walked back to the front. And Jimmy, who's, again, runs all their stores for Larry, he says, uh, man, we are so impressed. You're showing us God's love. He goes, uh, you can have anything in the store you want for free. <laughs> 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 we, we both said, no, thank you. <laughs> I tease you about that. Though. But, you know, I saw him a year later, Doug, and uh, we bumped into each other on a plane. And it was just surely a bumping in thing, not a set up thing at all. And he goes, 
who are you people anyway? He says, I remember you. You're the ones who clean our toilet. I, I said, uh, well, we're the ones who don't hate you. <laughs> and he just got tears in his eyes. He goes, I didn't think there were any people like that in town. Wow. Now, you know, we don't approve of everything they're doing, of course, but we can accept them as yeah. they are. And I think as a result, they're going to come to the Lord, you know. Yeah, I, I believe that. You inspired me, and we were doing this uh, when I was I was on staff at a vineyard church, and we would do outreach, and, and we had a, a porn shop, you know, like right, almost kidding. I mean, they were right there by our, our church office, and, and we were doing the outreach, and, and I heard your story. I wasn't going to do it. We were going to pass by to clean their windows, you know. And, yeah. And mm-hmm. we did it. Myself and uh, two women went and cleaned their Really nasty windows, and like, like we wanted to really see what was in there. But uh, <laughs> the guy said, uh, "He says, so why, why again are you doing this?" Hmm. And then he smiled, and one of the women said, "Because of that right there." Oh. And that's wow. when the testosterone tear in this man, you know, he was like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was the taken back because we brought the presence of God in. I don't remember yeah, men absolutely. going in port. Believe me, be safe, folks. But I tell you, if you want to be dangerous with the Lord, yeah. you know, be safe with your soul. But if you want to be dangerous with the Lord, I mean, kindness is an amazing, amazing yeah. thing. And especially when you combine that with outreach. Now, you and yeah. I have done some things and I've uh, brought my slant to things, the prophetic and, and tattoo interpretation as well. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, do you remember the story that you ran into someone who knew me as you were? Uh, I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, you. W- which me. one is it? I've, I've run into a oh, couple, three actually. Well, I remember this that, that you would say something because you look at the person. You taught me how to do this. You look yeah. at the person. You're looking for an open door. You know what is it that you can get and talk about, right? And yeah. a lot of it's right. you know, they're maybe it's their clothing, their body artwork, or where they work. You know, and it's just a, the icebreaker. So the guy Absolutely. has tattoos and it's at Starbucks and you said to him, oh, wow, nice, nice tattoo. And you give him an interpretation, you know, like a prophetic interpretation as, you know, you and I have worked on some of these before. And mm-hmm. he stopped and he goes, you won't believe this. This guy who looks like Rod Stewart told me the same thing. <laughs> that Okay, now I got you. Yeah. And, and by the way, whenever I'm with you, we get stopped all the time. You know, I know you don't have to be bugged, but Mr. Stewart, would you sign my? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but, I like uh, living yeah. in L.A. because they know Rod Stewart. And they know I'm not Rod Stewart. You know, so <laughs> well, only your neighbors. That's all. <laughs> the rest of them think you really are Rod Stewart. You know. Oh, it's but, a, uh, so I use well, you that know, as well. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Well, Doug, we went to uh, Burning Man, and you were very much an integral part of that whole deal. You trained our team. We gave away, uh, well, in consecutive years, 30 and then 40 and then 50,000 bottles of water. In the last year, you trained us to do biblical dream interpretation. Wow. And yeah. uh, that was a blast. We had people a block long in line to have their dreams interpreted. You know, the second most common dream, I won't go to the first one right now, but was uh, I see a man standing before me. He has his arms stretched out, and he's glowing, and wow. he says, come to me if you're weary and heavy laden. And they're going I never hear that kind of word, heavy laden. What does that mean? We opened up right there in front of these, you know, really wild people at Burning Man, and they go, what? And some came to the Lord right on the spot. Yeah. You know, just talk about a word from the Lord. Right. Burning Man is the largest pagan festival 
And just so you know, I actually have never been there, but I've trained the teams who go. And uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I'm so grateful. Every time I hear a story, uh, that uh, uh, testimony of that, and it's just so amazing. So this stuff will work way over yeah. there in the dark side, right? The twilight yeah. zone. Or you could have people <laughs> over for pie at your house, you know, after yeah. church. Or you know what I mean? I mean, I've, yep. we've used this, uh, the whole kindness thing and combining it with the prophetic and with dream interpretation. And mm -hmm. it is so amazingly powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that you, you mentioned, Doug, that things that are on my heart lately and, and uh, the, the word fellowship and the word hospitality, we tend to mix them together. And when we have people over that are believers from church, we call it hospitality. But actually, the word is very different. Hospitality is very specifically aimed at not yet believers, as mm -hmm. I call them. Yeah. I don't call them non-Christians because if, if, if Jesus gets his way, they're going to come to the Lord. And then uh, fellowship, of course, is getting together with Christians. But if we can learn how to do that and really focus energy into it, I think some incredible things can happen well, with the hospitality. That's interesting because, you know, the Bible does say practice hospitality. And actually, they didn't have hotels and motels. So people no. were on the road all the time, and they had no place to stay. And so it was an act of kindness that the New Testament, when they talk about that, Paul talked about it, Jesus yeah. talked about it, and told some parables. That was actually an act of kindness to to yes. to invite someone in. So I love yes. that. Yeah. And so many things he said that looks almost like he was talking negatively about people. He talks about pouring hot coals over their head. You know, that's actually a favor. That's not a negative because uh, people would get up in the morning, their fire went out, they don't have matches. They go to the neighbor who has, uh, and maybe the neighbor is a Christian and they, they aren't and they've been giving them a hard time. The poor coals, they would carry it on their heads in big, you know, these igniting bowls, they call them. Mm. So they'd pour it on their heads. <laughs> and it, it's a positive. It, it's like, yeah. bless your enemy, bless your neighbor, the one who is, you know, the one that you're ticked off at. But the one that curses you. Know. Yeah, there you go. Bless those who curse you. And I tell you, right I call this, this shifts the spiritual atmosphere over people and, like you said, over yourself mm. or over groups. And yes. uh, I noticed that too when you know, all the churches we planted, we would do, we, we would do, servant evangelism was part of the DNA. And we would start doing that first, like right ahead of time, right? During the home group phase. And, we would start doing servant outreach, and we had so many people joining us, and they're mm -hmm. giving out these things, you know, and, and suddenly they're hearing God, and, and they're doing all this stuff, and then one day they realize, hey, you know what, I haven't even received Jesus. That's what they would tell us. It was a reverse evangelism. We let right, them man. experience the gospel first. Yeah. You know, when we go through a Taco Bell, I always pay for the person's meal behind me. Now, if it's too the good thing about Taco Bell is you can eat. <laughs> rich for a little money, you know, for three or four dollars, whatever. And sometimes they'll say, well, it was ten dollars. I go, I only have five bucks extra. And so I'll say, well, what was the one behind that one? <laughs> so I pay for the, the two car links back and I, I negotiate till I can find one I can pay for. And then I tell the person at the window, tell them showing God's love in a practical way. And they will write it down nine out of ten times, Doug. I'm serious. Like yeah. they're getting evangelized. As they show the kindness of God, and I, and I believe they probably can sense the kindness coming through. That guy paid for your meal. What? I didn't know him. Blah blah blah. You know. I love that. It, this goes so so deep, and I think there's a shift going on in the world today, and 
Can you just maybe talk about that or what, what you're seeing going on in the church or the world right now that, that ties in with this? Yeah, um, it, it's interesting. Uh, the church very often, I don't know if you've seen this, Doug, but the, it's very often polarized. It's very often, uh, what do you call it, I guess, binary. There's the pluses and the zeros or whatever. And, and it seems like what's going on right now is we see a lot of both sides happening. And uh, I think we're at a point now we're going to have to really pretty much seriously consider rephrasing what we call ourselves. And, and I don't mean Christian versus something else necessarily, but the word evangelical, for example, I think it's been shot to pieces yeah. in the last year or two, especially with all sorts of things. We, we live in a time right now where the next number of years, regardless of what happens in the elections in 2020, what's going to happen from here on is this um, division thing. I think both in the culture and to a degree in the church, because not everybody is on one side or the other that are believers. And so here's the bottom line. I think we have an amazing number of open doors that are going to happen in the next uh, six years or so, maybe more. We, we may have passed a point of, of division that is so huge. But you know what? Regardless, when we go and we show the kindness of God to either side, right now the abortion thing's going on gigantically, of course. Right. Uh, states are passing you know, no abortion whatsoever, basically. I've gone in many times to serve both sides of the fence. Obviously, I'm a Christian. Of course, I'm pro-life. On the other side, we go over and we give them uh, something that they could use. And they go, what? You guys are Christians and you're serving us? And I said, well, it doesn't mean we, we confer with everything you believe. We're accepting you with that believing everything you believe. I think that's the way that Jesus works. Yeah. And But what what if they don't come to the Lord? Again, going back a while ago, that's Jesus' problem. Because I'm doing the planting, the watering. God does the harvest, First Corinthians 3, 6. You know? So you and I, we get to plant water, plant water, plant water like crazy. Johnny yeah. Appleseed. <laughs> right. And then once in a while, you'll see that harvest. And what Absolutely. I've noticed is that Later on, I've heard people say this, is that, um, you know, I had one guy come up and just say, I give up. You know, you guys have raked my leaves. You washed my car. <laughs> yeah, I give up. What do you want? You know, and or someone we hear this quite a bit as well is where, you know, we'll, we'll be doing like encouraging words at the mall. We do that. That is one of our big things. It's kindness. We're giving encouragement without giving anything out because you can't do that at the mall. It's hard to give away things for you at the mall. That's right. Man. But yeah. encouraging words could be given away at the mall. And mm. so we would give away the encouraging words and mm. it would be touches. And mm. people later on, we I remember hearing this testimony because I was asking the Lord, does this thing work? You know, I haven't heard <laughs> back. You know, we're sowing, sowing, sowing. <laughs> So this certain yep. one person gave us this testimony and said that they had uh, missed the outreach. And so their friends took them. And this is the one I was leading. Their friends took this woman on the outreach the next week, the weekend. They went to the mall. They did some stuff. And then when she got back to work on Monday, she said that she ran into a, her boss because her boss had said, what would you do over the weekend? You know, you know, my goodness, you just did this amazing kindness outreach thing. Well, I was out at the ball, you know, we're doing this. And he goes, well, you wouldn't believe this, but this guy who looked like Rod Stewart, here we go again. <laughs> this guy who looked like Rod Stewart said the same thing to me. And so what that showed oh. is that this is, this is not just, you know, random, even though it's random yeah. acts of kindness, it's not random to the Lord. And it's no. the Holy Spirit no. network. And yeah. we've seen people come to the Lord over time and it gets yeah. the, gets the wall down. I love that. Yeah. 
It's, uh, I, I totally agree. It's funny, just yesterday on online, one of our guys, I didn't remember it was, put on there, uh, God's kindness is not random. He has a plan always going on. And uh, often that, that random kindness is really more random niceness, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, true kindness is spiritual. Hmm. And uh, I, I would just encourage anybody who doesn't even believe in the Lord, go with us or go by yourself and give away something, showing just in a, an altruistic way, and you will know the presence of God because you and I have been created to give, to be generous. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And then get get this, in the uh, Orthodox Jewish Bible, the OJB on your Bible app, on your, your phone, you know, um, it, it says generosity, love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, generosity. You know, there's something in us. We're filled with spirit, and we want to give. We want to to lose and to be a pipeline. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so powerful. So, uh, what kind of advice can you give people who maybe did this years ago, or maybe new at it? What What's your startup? Well, if you are in a church or with a group of Christians that are already slightly open or even gung ho about doing outreach. I would say go to my site, kindness.com, and there's lots of projects on there you can choose from that are practical things you can start with, et cetera. Um, if you want to go on your own, do what I do. Go Start buying coffee for the person behind you or buy the uh, Taco Bell. The thing about Taco Bell is you don't get to run into the person again. But if you're at Starbucks and you aren't just in the drive-thru lane, but you're actually standing in line, you will definitely get a chance to talk to them. Maybe simple things like that. I was in the hospital for a long time. Some other time we'll talk about that, Doug. Maybe uh, my I, I died. I was in a coma, etc. But as I was recovering in the third hospital, people would say, "Is there anything I can do for you?" Which we often say to people in hospitals, "All just anything." I'd say, "Give me all your porters." <laughs> they look at me like, "Okay." And uh, after a while, I had a little, you know, a little mountain of quarters going here. And so I had one of the guys coming in to visit. He, what do we, I'll do anything. Okay, well, drive me down to the popsicle machine. So we go down there. We're putting in popsicle after popsicle quarters. They're 50 cents a piece or something. And I just go from room to room. I was in a wheelchair. And it, it sounds kind of pathetic, but it was actually pretty cool. Uh, do you want a red popsicle or a green one or a blue one? And they look at you like, uh, one guy actually said, I don't remember ordering a popsicle. <laughs> I said, I'm a patient. I'm just here showing God's love in a practical way. And, of course, they all want to talk. And, you yeah. know, we, we had to go quick because the popsicles are melting, you know. But you get the idea. Yeah. Wherever you are, there is an open door. Start where you are. Uh, the guy who, who invented the, the bottle cap and the bottle cap opener is named Farnsworth. And he said something profound, Doug. He says, the only way to get something done is to do it. <laughs> yeah. That was the bottle cap guy right there, you know. Right. Yeah. So how about, is there any more advanced strategies you see going on? Anything working or uh, something yeah. new? Yeah, some new things. We, for a long time, I think wrongly assumed that people are afraid of, of spiritual encounters. That uh, to give them a word of knowledge, uh, it can certainly be true. They, they may come to the conclusion, you know, these guys are crazy. I would never go to their church. But I think that's the rare exception. I think most people are already, they got something going on. Everybody has something heavy duty going on. So give them a break is one of the major quotes in, in my life. And so um, I'm at a uh, Best Buy store and I began experimenting with asking people if I could pray for them. And uh, we would serve. Sometimes I don't even serve. I just say, can I, can I pray for you? For? And I always say 10 seconds, because if you say open ended pray, 
that could go on who knows how long and they if they're not stable they start yelling and who knows what all could go on and so 10 seconds i'm there i feel like the lord said go pray for this guy he's one of the salesmen there and if you will offer to pray i will give you a prayer of less than 10 seconds so i walk over to the guy and i said hey you don't know me at all but uh can i pray for you for 10 seconds and uh he looks around nobody needs his help okay put my hand on his arm boom as clear as a bell i see him in a medical school classroom and i felt like the, the prayer was god on his first day of school would you show him that he didn't get here on his own efforts alone but his grandmother prayed him in mm. well I, I look up and he's he was level 10 i mean you know the, the eyes dripping and the waterfall the nose and who are you how did you get here where do you go to church? Uh, then he, he asked, how long does it last? That's kind of interesting. <laughs> I get that all the time. How long does it last? If you say much more than an hour, they're going, oh, I don't know. You say an hour, they're going, yeah, I can do that. And uh, he says, how do I get to your church and so forth? And, and then he says this. This is a, a, a really telling question. Would somebody like me fit into a church like yours? Wow. Yeah. I, I get that all the time, Doug. It's amazing. I, I would go to church, but would I fit in, you know? And so my, my line to him was, we've already started about six or seven or eight around town. Let's start one more for just you and your friends and my friends. How's that? We'll just have a whole new church. Wow. But, yeah. but that attitude, I mean, not literally, but that attitude, I think, is what we have to have. And uh, so I, I think that the cutting edge thing, Doug, is that people are not only open to being prayed for, but they're hungry in many cases. I think that God sets up these situations when we are serving or whatever, whatever, it's the Starbucks in Columbus, Ohio. I don't know if I'd pull just the story, Doug, but I, a couple behind me paid for their, their drink. I turned around. I didn't even look at them. I said, what are you guys getting? Boom, 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 order it. You know, six bucks altogether for their two drinks. And, uh, she has a yellow pad with a pen. I said, so what's going on with you guys? And she says, uh, starts to talk and all of a sudden she lets out this, this bellow like a, uh, it goes on for way too long for my comfort level. I take a giant step backwards, like <laughs> something's going on here. And, uh, he's putting his hand on her back after she quiets down a little bit and says, there, there, honey. And, and I said, so what's, what's going on here? They have this yellow pad, a pen. I'm on my way to speak at a Nazarene church. Actually, I'm almost late. And he says, our daughter, 19 year old daughter went to a party last night. Somebody gave her ecstasy. Nickname for a drug. Uh, somehow it stopped her heart. She fell on the floor and died. Mm. We're here this morning to plan her funeral. Wow. And as we were pulling into the parking space, not five minutes ago, my wife said, where is God in all of this? <laughs> you know, Jewish, we don't go to temple. We're not, we don't go to church. <sighs> but where's God? I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> where's God in all of this? And here you say, this is the sort of thing Jesus does. Yeah. We're stunned. And, uh, I mean, there was just, you know, I tell you what, Doug, that was worth a lot more than $6 that it cost me. Yeah. I'm tearing up as well. You know, people really are open today. And I've trained over the years. Years ago, we needed to tone down our language because we were too heavy on Jesus. I would train yeah. my teams to, to discern. But, you know, today, people are actually much more open today. We still need to know how to speak at the level, you know, to keep that wall yeah. down. Uh, yeah. but there's something going on today with all the tragedies and everything happening in the world and the dog eat dog happening. <laughs> this stuff really, really opens up the heavens. You know, you know, I think, I think now that cell phones or smartphones are so, uh, they're everywhere. Everybody has one, if not more than one. 
I think it's actually a more open door than it's been in a long time because they're lonely. People are totally absorbed by this when they're in public. You look around anywhere where people are waiting, they're boom, they're right on their phone. And I've had that happen so many times where I'll, I'll just feel inclined to go talk to somebody on a phone. I've had zero, zero people get upset. And, uh, and maybe they're not talking, but they're there poking away on something. They, they want to talk. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's astounding time we have. And I mean, Doug, I, I've been a believer since uh, the 70s. And again, I wasn't even born until the 80s. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm way too right. old. Uh, but uh, in the 70s, and, and I tell you that the open door was like this. Uh, I think that on occasion we go back and forth. I think it's like this now. Right. There is no door almost like the Holy Spirit has blown the door off. Yeah. And people are truly open hearted. Right. If we just. Yeah. What you need to do is is do something new with love and kindness. If you try the old ways yeah. and try to you know yeah. muscle them into Jesus and force that rosebud open, you've tried to do stuff like that. They close down yeah. quick. But what I found out of all my outreach is using your methods along with the prophetic, going mm-hmm. out and just becoming an outreach. I found that people are really open in there, and what they really are looking for is someone who will will that they can ask questions. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things is, I'm, they said this, I've never met a Christian that would listen to me. And mm-hmm. uh, I learned that from Oprah. You know, Oprah listens, so <laughs> people listen to Oprah. So why why, oh, not, yeah, uh, why not just listen, learn to listen? I, I actually read a book, uh, it took its course, a guy in Cincinnati called Listening for Heaven's Sakes. And oh, yeah. I, I forgot the guy's name, Gary something. Gary Sweet. Yeah, Gary, Gary Sweet. And listening for heaven's sakes really changed my life in the sense where I combined it with, because I talk too much, apparently, uh, there is a biblical principle that if you open your mouth, God will fill it. But mm-hmm. my wife tells me that I need to learn to close my mouth and let God do the work. And anyway, so <laughs> yeah, listening is so, so powerful. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit more about, uh, you know, your website, what you got going, how we can follow you. Yeah, we have uh, our main site is kindness.com. Real simple to remember, kindness.com. And the other one, basically, if you're into church planting or expansion, is churchplanting.com. And so both of those would be good places. Uh, we actually have more than that online, but those are the two main ones. And uh, again, you said the key word there earlier, Doug, that it's a movement. I'm at a point now where I don't want to do a ministry any longer. I want to be involved in a movement. Yeah. And I want to uh, give away opportunities in the movement. And my, my role at this point is not just to speak and to write, but even more to pass batons on to other men and women who are going to take it. You know, Second Timothy 2, 2, you know, train men, meaning the whole human race. And then then those who can train people who can train people. And uh, this has been such a central part of my my life, really, since I was in college. And, and I think part of the reason that We've seen really a maybe it's not a capital M movement yet, but it's a small M movement is that um, we have really been gutsy and given away opportunity. And so um, I, I think that, that that's going to happen more and more. And I, I think it's going to be infiltrating all over the, the school systems. Even I think we're going to see a day again when you can go in and talk about God in school and uh, maybe kindness will be the entry point. Yeah, Absolutely. And um, any kind of uh, books or, or do you go uh, speak at churches or anything like that? I do. How, I how do. do they get to invite you? They can go to kindness.com and it's uh, real simple and on there. You could uh, actually, I'll give you my email address. It's my name, Steve Shogren, S-J-O-G-R-E-N at Mac.com, M-A-C. 
Steve Sugar at Mac.com. And uh, we would be thrilled to get back to you. I go out uh, in spurts. I, I did two weeks in a row, and then I don't have anything for a couple of weeks. So I'm going to the Santa Cruz, actually, at by San Francisco. Yeah. It's a surfing capital. I think the great white shark capital, too, right, right. there. So you got to be careful <laughs> when you surf. You know. But uh, doing a, a big deal up there on June 3rd, if anybody's uh, up for that, if this thing runs before then. Uh, but uh, we'd love to have somebody come to your place. We'd love to have you check out our site. My, my main book that I would recommend is Conspiracy of Kindness that you mentioned earlier, Doug. It's in several languages now, but uh, assuming you probably speak English, those who are listening. We also have two quick books, also 101 Ways to Reach Your Community, which is, again, 101 different projects that you could step into that are very simple. Thirdly, about my near-death experience, the day I died. And uh, again, sometime else we'll do that. Yeah, we're going to have Steve death. back. And it's a sequel to my uh, The Day I Died on Stage uh, as a Comedian. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, was I there? <laughs> I think I was giving you CPR. He really did. He died on the operating table. His story is amazing. His testimony is amazing. And uh, his book and, his, and everything that's happened to him, he's really given his life. This is someone who's really given their life, literally, for this. So... God, we thank you for it. And uh, I think Steve may have locked up. We have a storm coming in right now for those who might not know that. So uh, anyway, we've had Steve Shogren on. It's been an amazing time. Follow him on kindness.com. You can also find him on the Internet and get his books. And uh, we have a story you probably hear. That, that's a good sign because we never get rain in May in L.A. But that's a sign that God's rain is coming right now. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who is watching our new Spirit Connection. And we're going to be doing interviews like this on a continual basis. So God bless you. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.